Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Conversation, where we intend to destigmatize the conversation around cannabis and clear up some of the many misconceptions around this powerful plant. I'm your host, Dave Briggs, former CNN, NBC Sports, Fox News anchor and host at Turner Sports. We also hope to have some fun along the way. And one national trend we're seeing that sure will help in that regard is high profile former athletes literally jumping into the cannabis industry, predominantly from the NBA. But in August, the Pro Football Hall of Fame will welcome its first ever cannabis business owner in the form of one of the greatest wide receivers in the history of the game, Calvin Megatron Johnson, who still owns a single season receiving yards record, just under 2,000 yards, and frankly would probably own a lot more yards records if they put a better team around him. But that's for another day. We are thrilled to welcome him and his good friend Rob Sims, a teammate with the Detroit Lions. They both now are crushing it with their new company, Primitive, in Michigan, which is legal both medically and recreationally. Great to have you on the show, fellas. I know that you have a beautiful grow in Weberville, but you join us from Niles, Michigan, with the at the soon-to-be dispensary. Tell us about the beautiful place you're at right now and just uh you know just a dream come true that we're finally to this place and, and, and hopefully you know days weeks away from opening um you know a lot of hard work went into this over the last three years of us just uh just you know figuring out what our place in the cannabis industry is and just looking looking forward to seeing what the future holds and uh we loving it when this place has people you know in and out of it every day looking forward to that Calvin, when you walk in that place, are you just beaming with pride? What's the reaction? So much pride, you know. What gives me more pride is that the people that we have here in place, you know, uh, our GM, our assistant GM, you know, they take, they have so much pride. They're so excited to get this place open. So, you know, just their excitement, their energy, you know, it's bouncing off the walls in here. It's very contagious. Outstanding. I know you guys have some product there, so we're going to ask to see that a little bit later. But I want to start at the beginning and what brought you to this point where you started Primitive. So everyone has a cannabis story and I wanna hear yours. Rob, we'll start with you. When did you start smoking or, or in whatever form you started enjoying it? And what did you enjoy about it? Do you have any memories about it? Any good stories that really stand out? You know, in 2008, I tore my pack off the bone. I missed the whole 2008 season playing for the Seahawks. And, um, you know, I remember getting out of surgery and they handed me, you know, 40 Oxycontin and basically saying, label saying, uh, take as there's pain. Um, so as being a young man, 25, with a lot of time on my hands, a couple of dollars in my pocket, I thought that was like the most reckless thing for them to do and give me at the time. Um, so I went for something more natural and, and got introduced to cannabis and, you know, out in Washington and, uh, you know, kind of carried, carried that uh, through Detroit for my playing days as just a safe alternative. Um, and then my wife um, actually suffers from uh, Crohn's disease, and uh, she was going to have to have like uh, uh, morphine shots and start and everything, and um, you know, introduce it to her, and she told she loved it and told me, uh, you know, hey, you need to go get in that business. So uh, that that's uh, those are the fond memories for me. So you did not smoke at Ohio State. I did not smoke at Ohio State. Um, you know, I come from a uh, I come from a, a strict, very faith based family. 
Um, and, uh, you know, my, my father was 6'8", 400 pounds, and I wasn't getting caught with cannabis at the time. And, and, that, and also, uh, Jim Trussell would have shied away from that <laughs> at the time. So, uh, not until I got in the league and, uh, and uh, you know, actually found something that was necessary. So Rob's a national champion at Ohio State, the captain there for the Buckeyes. I know it's a little bit of a different story for you, Calvin, at Georgia Tech. I believe that is where you started. Tell us your cannabis story. Yeah, I mean, I really started shortly after I was at Georgia Tech. I had my first experience with cannabis, and, you know, it was, you know, it was just obviously my first time. It was like walking on clouds, you know, but I really was like, what is this? You know, I, I, I was around cannabis, you know, I was, I saw cannabis when I was in high school, but I didn't partake because, like Rob said, you know, I can't go home with Ms. Johnson smelling like cannabis, you know, she don't rip me a new one. <laughs> it was just, you know, I probably obviously, you know, in college you have more freedoms, you know, I experimented then. And then when I got to the league, um, definitely was a regular use um, after games, you know, really for the healing properties of, you know, it helps me with sleep, helps with the pain. So that that's really where it um, was very helpful for me. And, and on top of that, it was for me a holistic choice and a natural remedy. Here's what's interesting. You both played nine years in the league and had no issues, no tests. It wasn't a big story. How in the world did you guys come out clean all those years, Calvin? <laughs> it ain't that hard. You know? No, it ain't that hard. It's not that hard. So how do you do it? Um, you know, you only get tested for, for, for street drugs at a certain certain time of year. Tell them the first day. Um, the first day is 420. Actually, they, they will t start to test you. Uh, so that's a bummer. Um, and then, you know, August 9th is the last day. I think that the league has even extended that now, which I think is great for guys to be able to, um, to be able to in the off season, find some relief as well. Um, but, you know, when you just know when it's time for you to, to kind of shut down. So uh, the NFL has its own uh, cannabis culture, believe it or not, between the guys. Um, and, you know, the ones that are smart about it are able to do it safely and, um, and respectfully and just be able to move forward. The first day they test you is 420. Is that irony or, or uh, just uh, punishment? They got, a, they got a, a weird sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very weird sense of humor. Rob talks about a cannabis culture, Calvin, in the NFL. Tell me more about that. I mean, in your estimation, how many guys in NFL locker rooms, at least in your day, did smoke? Yeah, over had over fifty percent of the guys. Whether it was a constant thing or just for you know social or or just for healing, you know, I would say over the half of the locker room. I would probably I would want to say way more than that, but maybe sixty seventy percent have a, have have experience with cannabis. You know, so I mean, it's, I mean, it's true. college people, all the, you know, you're going to you're going to come in contact with these things just on the person, you know. The, find what's what's their choice to help them uh, find solutions for their pain and uh and their whatever uh discomfort they have so rob i assume the league doesn't or at least did not in your day want to bust guys for it because we we don't hear that much about positive tests or suspensions there certainly are exceptions is it a don't ask don't tell sort of deal with the nfl yeah, I mean, I, I would think so. You know, it, you know, cannabis use was just wasn't going on when me and Calvin were playing. My father played in the league um, back in the '70s. Uh, my father-in-law played back in the '70s. You know, they're similar stories. So, um, you know, here, the, the truth is, the plan is here for relief, and I think guys have been able to lean on it over the years. Um, you know, guys that are going in the Hall of Fame are in the Hall of Fame, um, and they're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Will use and benefit from it. You know. 
um, because of the stigma of it has been has been under you know you know it's been kind of underneath the scenes but and that's our kind of job to kind of bring it out and say like okay it's okay you know you can still use cannabis and make the hall of fame you can still be successful so and the key is that so calvin might be the first cannabis business owner in the hall of fame but calvin you think you're definitely not according to rob the first hall of famer who has been a, a consistent smoker in the hall sorry can you repeat that again sorry one more time to, to rob's point you think it's safe to say you're not the first Hall of Famer who is a consistent marijuana smoker? Yeah, that's a joke. No, no way. No way. <laughs> I, I didn't invent the wheel. You know, just, people have done a lot of the things that we've done before. You know, we, we're not the first one to do it. You know, like I say, uh, not that we've learned from anybody that has come before us. You know, everybody has their own experience. But <laughs> cannabis is, 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 like I say, it's a natural remedy and people are trying to find the best ways to take care of themselves. And it is obvious, it's a way, it's, it is a solution. One of the shocking things that I saw, and, and I'm sure you both saw it, the NFL and the NFLPA have announced a million dollars in grants and pain research focused on cannabis and CBD. That is a Barry Sanders-like reversal or spin move considering where the league was in recent years. I wanna get both your reaction to that decision by the NFL, Rob, you first. Um, well, I hope they're waiting on our proposal because they're <laughs> going to see our proposal for it. Um, you know, I just I, I think the work that we're doing, the work that other guys are doing, and really speaking out, are starting to have an effect. Um, you know, we can see that with how they're kind of changing uh, some of the rules and massaging the rules a little bit. I understand it's not going to happen overnight with cannabis smoking, but massaging it. And when you're putting money towards research, that means you really see the benefit. And they really see it as a solution for some of the things guys are going through. And um, they, they couldn't be, I mean, that, they're, they're just being very smart the way they're going about their business. And I think, I think it's going to be great. I think a lot of good is going to come out of that research and those grants. Calvin, what was your reaction? Um, I saw it as a beautiful thing. You know, I just hope that, you know, we're in a position to have the opportunity to, you know, show them the solutions that you know, we're creating for, you know, not like not just football players, but, you know, if it's, for, if it's good enough for the greatest athletes, I like to say that this is good enough for all humanity. So uh, we're, we're creating those solutions. I think that, um, you know, I hope that we have an opportunity to participate. Yeah, I, I was thrilled to hear about it. I, why do you think it's taken the league so long to come around on this, Rob? They have relaxed the testing standards and they have released um, – um, lowered at least the, the thresholds to get punished. Why did it take so long to come around? You know, I, I look at how we've had to manage our business and how long it takes us to make certain decisions as a company. Uh, and we are nowhere near as big as the NFL yet. Uh, a $10 billion um, company that has a lot of different owners and a lot of different people that have, um, you know, people involved in decision making. It can only be, it can only take for so long. Everybody's not going to be on the same page. And, you know, it'll, it'll come, it'll come just like it'll come from, from the government making it legal and taking it as a, a schedule. One. It's going to come. We just have to be patient. Uh, the folks that are out there right now just have to continue to do good, a good job spreading the message and really talking about, you know, the healing effects and what this can actually do. Calvin, do you have a dialogue between you and the league about this? I mean, were there reservations about, the Hall of Fame announcement, were you worried that it might hurt you in that regard? Is there an open conversation between the two of you about cannabis? Not necessarily an open conversation between the NFL and, our, and us personally. You know, we would like to go there. Um, I would say that, you know, we've had these conversations, you know, with the Hall of Fame, just introducing the things that we're doing, the solutions that we're trying to provide.
So historically, it, it would appear, and I'm not saying this with the NFL, but race has certainly played a, an enormous role with cannabis and its um, and the legality of it. Blacks and whites smoke at about the same percentage, and yet blacks have been arrested almost four times as much historically. How much do you think, Rob, race has played into the, the lack of evolution on cannabis in this country? Well, I think that's another reason why we're, uh, you know, our focus is all about changing the stigma. Um, um, we, we want um, our, you know, our, our folks, our race to be able to enjoy the plant just like everybody else and to be able to do it freely and to enjoy it um, and more or less to really help them. So um, as, as being two black men that are in the business and are trying to do something positive around it, um, you know, I just think that's our mission. And, and, and then they really, that's our duty um, is to really just go out there and really, you know, to speak about it and, you know, to, to call folks out when, they're, when there's, you know, there's, um, um, there's differences. And mm -hmm. uh, we've been able to do that. Um, we're very, you know, as, as a company, we're, we're very focused in um, on, on our social equity piece and, and what we want to bring. So um, we just try to stay focused on that and stay positive. Yeah, race is without a doubt been a factor in this country involving the war on drugs. But Calvin, do you think it was part of the reason that the NFL took so long to came around? You have, you have a group of old, white, conservative owners. Did that play in? 100% that plays in. You know, uh, just to take, like, like Rob said earlier, you know, it takes time to get all those people on the same page and to affect change in those kind of rooms, you know. And to speak about the social equity piece, you know, it's just unfortunate that every place that, you know, un, un, you know, unveils cannabis each new state, you know, everybody gets, it gets backwards, you know, and when I say that, I mean that they roll out the social equity piece last, you know, that should be the first, you know, first line of thoughts as far as who this has affected the most, how do we help those people? Instead, you have all the states that, okay, they give the, the licenses to the money, and then they try to interject the social equity piece and all of a sudden, now you have lawsuits because now you're trying to force this in, this piece in there that should have been there from the from the beginning, and then the money should have came in around. So you know, it's just hopefully you know somebody sees that and then begins to do do that right. You know, it's frustrating to see everybody talk about social equity in the states, but there's a way to fix it. Just do it right from the beginning. Yeah, ninety percent of uh, cannabis businesses are owned by white people. I can tell you that is changing though here in Connecticut. Uh, both of you guys. I mean, I live here where we are working on legislation and, and social equity has been first and foremost from the very start. This is a bill I've read through its entirety and it is all about social equity. In fact, Rob, you talked about some of the biggest misconceptions involving cannabis, marijuana. What are those misconceptions? Because it drives me nuts in my community. So many things are misunderstood about it, but what bothers you the most? I think the addiction part of it, right? You know, you know, culturally everybody thinks that this is just another drug, this is another cocaine or heroin, or, you know, and it's just, it's just not, you know, no one's died from cannabis. Um, it is a, you know, it's natural, it was put here naturally, you know, we're not taking it in, in, in its simplest form, not doing anything to the flower to really affect it. We're just trying to grow it as naturally as possible. Um, I think it, you know, it, it makes you unproductive is another one. Um, you know, here we are, been able to start this business and work this three years. And, you know, I know I use cannabis every day and I, I don't think that it slowed me down at all or stopped my productivity. I think it's, if anything, it's made it better. Calvin, what about you? What, what are the, about those misconceptions, misunderstood, the, 
the untruths that are out there? What bothers you? Um, I guess the untruths around cannabis um, is really just providing education. You know, I guess I go back to my mom, you know, for an example, you know, she's from the South Bible Belt. You know, we have family affected by, the can by cannabis. Everybody knows people that have been affected in a ne negative capacity that are, that, are, uh, 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 that are colored people. And, you know, getting her to understand and see, you know, what we're doing, you know, obviously through education and helping her to understand what it is, but honestly, at the same time, through visualization too, you know, that kind of was, you know, kind of helped shed the light and kind of helped us permeate through the fog of the stigma of, of the cannabis plant and really highlight, you know, the healing powers of the plant and what it can do other than, uh, yeah, we like to have fun and smoke it, but there's a lot more applications. Yeah, I mean, I, I started socially just enjoying it, but back pain, I, I didn't want to take Vicodin any longer. Stress and anxiety, it's helped me with. So I, I think there are a lot of things that it can help society with. Beyond the fact that nothing drives me worse, drives me more nuts than having a couple of margaritas and can't function the whole next day. Whereas if you have some cannabis, you, you feel fine the next day. And in fact, I would argue, Rob, you're more productive that next day than by far than you are after a couple of drinks. And obviously I'm a guy that enjoys a couple of drinks. So that gets us to primitive. Um, tell us about why you wanted in this industry, Rob, and what makes you guys unique in the marketplace? Well, I mean, obviously makes you unique as we're former football players. That makes us unique. But I think um, the way we go about our business, um, you know, we've taken a lot of things from the field and just injected it in our business and injected it in our team and how we go about setting our culture um, and things like that. So I think that's that's the first place we stop. And um, but then I think going on from there is you know being around somebody like Calvin. You know I I have learned that look if we're going to do something we're going to do it at the highest level. That's just what it's going to be. When the guy went to dance with the stars, he was in the finals. He couldn't even dance before dancing with the stars, and here he is in the finals. So you know it, it's just whatever whatever we're going to be, we're going to go and get it and play it at a Hall of Fame level. And um, you know. We're going to go back to the drawing board if it's not there, and we're just going to continue to always plow through and, and just get better. Calvin, I want you to pick up on that story from Dancing with the Stars and how it helped you through. Say that again, how what? How cannabis helped you through Dancing with oh. the Stars, the story Rob just mentioned, if you could tell us about that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, a couple of weeks into Dancing with the Stars, you know, I, part of the reason why I retired was, yeah, I had lots of going, but I had chronic swelling in my ankles, so I didn't have any flexibility to do all the moves that I needed to do on the football field, let alone on the dance floor. And all we're doing, you know, we're out there doing Fox, trying all these different dances, and I don't have the flexibility to move and keep up with my partner. I'm just like, I'm sitting there in my room, I'm just like, I'm about to quit the show. I'm like, I'm thinking about telling my partner, like, I just can't move, I'm going to have to, like, just say I'm done. And I told one of my buddies, he's a film producer out in L.A., Osahan Tongo, Went to Georgia Tech with him. Uh, I told him this while we were hanging out. He brought me a topical the next day and um, started using the topical for the course of the next week. The swelling was gone and stayed down and continued using the topical. And that was like a point where I was like, okay, I would love the opportunity to get on the ground level of this and get to the science of this. Can you imagine, though, if you had to quit dancing with the stars because of pain as a former NFL player? Man, they would have yeah, killed you. <laughs> So a topical, is that something you feature there uh, at the dispensary once you guys are open? Is that is that a place, is that something you use in your day-to-day -day routine? Definitely use topicals. Whenever I play in golf, I'll actually lather up before I go to kind of just go ahead and just 
make sure your swelling just stays at bay. Um, and yes, we'll have a variety of products, you know, just trying to provide for the customers here in Niles and uh, wherever locale we're at, just trying to give them the best products uh, possible. Rob, what in what form do you prefer cannabis? Is it the flower? Is it a pre-roll? Is it a uh, the oils, a pen, the drinks that some people consume? How do you prefer it? You know, I, I love I love flower. Like like everybody, edibles has gotten the better of me a couple times one before. So um, I'm more in the solution. I'm, I'm more in the solution business of trying to find those next applications. Uh, that people can use, right? There's gonna be a lot of new users that come to the market. Uh, we want to get into stuff like like this, the drink that you have right now. We want to get into stuff like that. Be able to provide things that people can use uh, that don't just have the same, you know, flower smell and, and, and you know what goes on behind that. So I'm, I'm a flower. I'm a, fl a flower lover. Um, I love the flower. I love it in its natural form. Um, but you know, uh, we're gonna be bringing a lot of other things to market you know, as we as we progress. Calvin, same question to you. In what form do you prefer and why? Uh, for me, flower is king. Um, I just love the whole cultivation of the flower. That's where it starts. I mean, it's the name primitive. You know, it's the original, you know, plant. You know, it's the original medicine that, that's been putting on this earth for us. that has been used for thousands of years, you know. So um, flower in its original form is great. But I mean, there's, there, there is a point where I want to do things that obviously something better for the body, you know, probably other than smoking. So that's what Rob alluded to, the new applications. I look forward to seeing uh, what, what we have coming up there. I think we all agree on, on where it's going. But yeah, uh, flower is certainly preferred as well. Um, where do you think it's headed, Rob? You talk about where it's going. It's certainly, I think it's like 55% of the industry right now is still people smoking the traditional flower. Where is it going? Well, I mean, you know, just like you saw, you know, the nicotine market, you know, go, go to more you know, vapes and stuff like that. I think you see the, the, the cannabis market going to more drinks and water-soluble products. Um, and really the applications are really endless, especially because cannabis has that, you know, the, the wellness aspect to it. I mean, you'll, you'll see cannabis in some of those applications you will see in a hospital. Like that's, that's coming next, um, you know, inhalers, things like that. I mean, I've been in, I've been in meetings these last three years, you wouldn't believe that people had applications that, you know, never thought cannabis would be coming out of, but here it, here it is. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun in you know, these next few years uh, to be able to develop partners, strategically partner with people to uh, bring some more things to market. All right, show me some of this product. I know you guys have some pre-roll and you have some flour. The very nice packaging that looks like the gear you're wearing there. So tell me about this here. This is the flower. Yeah. What is it? So this is our this is our standard eighth bag. Uh, so 3.5 grams come in this. Um, you know, we wholesale this around the state right now. Um, but you know, what we loved about the packaging and our brand is that it's just really clean. Um, you know, we don't, you know, we don't believe in putting like the characters on there and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we try to keep it as professional as possible. So this was our this this and our pre-roll uh, right here. Uh, this is our, our first products that we brought to market. Uh, we think it's right on time, of course, with the Hall of Fame and look forward to, to bringing some other things shortly. Calvin's got a pre-roll there too. Will Primitive or Cannabis get a shout out in the Hall of Fame speech? Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, this has consumed, consumed our lives like the last couple of years, you know, and, and those closest to us are all around us. So yeah, of course, this, this, this life right now, and we, we hope to leave a legacy in the staff in this industry. 
Wow. So has the NFL conveyed anything about what you should or should not say up there? Uh, no, the NFL doesn't, they're just out of your control. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that speech. They create this platform for us to be able to have this voice in this space. So, how much, Rob, are you guys getting your hands dirty? I've seen a lot of photos of you at in the Weberville grow. Looks like you're really working it there and learning a lot about the plant and the product and the process. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, I, I believe in being in the trenches. You know, I grew up in the trenches. I grew up with my hand in the dirt, you know. Yeah. Uh, doing everything in this business from, and, and so has Kyle, to, you know, mopping the floors, to you know, actually touching the, touching the plant. You know, nothing is beneath us. And um, we like to set the pace for our team. And so we, we've done a little bit of all of it. Um, and, uh, you know, we're proud of that. We're proud of being able to do that. And, you know, um, just looking forward, looking forward to, you know, what's next for us. Gavin, what have you learned about the plant and all that time that you guys are spending in Weberville? You know, I learned that I don't know that much about the plant. You know, we, we've done a great job of hiring and having great, a great team. And then, you know, our, our directors of cultivation, you know, every time I go in there, I'm learning something new. So it just shows me how elementary, you know, my knowledge base in cannabis is. But I mean, I have, I think I feel like I have a better knowledge base than most, you know, and in order to, you know, uh, elevate, you know, this, uh, cannabis in general, you know, we got to be able to educate and we got to be able to know what we're talking about. I'll tell you what, the couple of times I've been to Gross, it is a science. My head explodes just walking through there and listening to these literal scientists teach you about it. it it's really incredible. All right, a couple of quick football questions. I appreciate all the time you guys are spending with us. Let's try to go quickly through these. Julio Jones is now a Tennessee Titan and he wears number two. Uh, Calvin, what was your reaction to that? Man, I'm shocked to let him get away, but I look forward to seeing him because uh, Tennessee was right there on the cusp last year with their, with uh, Henry. So I know Henry's going to be juiced up to have his guy Julio there. They're going to be a sight to watch this year. Robert, do you like a wide receiver wearing two? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bring you back to my college days, man. I like that. I like. I always like the two. Uh, you know, uh, I think it's going. I think it's going to be a good look out there. So I'm, I, I like it. All right, you guys both lined up against Aaron Rodgers a few times. Do you sympathize with him do you, or do you say, shut up, dude, you got one of the best receivers in the game, two great running backs, a good offensive line, coach, and a good defense? I mean, Calvin, you would have killed to play with the team that he gets to every season. What's your reaction to his wanting out of Green Bay? I mean, I, it's hard to say. Something happened there. It, it must be some kind of personal deal, like some words were exchanged. Or something happened just to change his whole uh, attitude because I know Green Bay's behind him. I know they love him. I know, you know, Green Bay in general, and I think not the administration or the coaches or whatnot. But I know that town's behind him. They want him back. You know, I want, I want to see Aaron, Aaron Rodgers in, 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 in uh, green and yellow too, you know. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't even, I can't, it's hard to speak on because I don't know the, the intimate details there. I'd like to see him in Denver, Rob. What about you? Do you think he'll be in Green Bay for the rest of his career? Man, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how you let a guy like that go, but, you know, history has shown that they've, they've done it before. Yep. So, um, you know, their culture is their culture. Uh, they moved on from Brett Favre and put him in there. I mean, I, I see it happening again. So I do, I do see him on another team one day. Okay. Quick question. You were in the trenches, Rob. Would you rather be tackled by Aaron Donald or would you rather tackle 
the big fella, Derrick Henry. This is an open field. Would you rather be tackled by Aaron Henry or tackle Derrick Henry? Oh, um, Aaron Donald, excuse me. I would say, you know, what I was saying to Kagi, you know, I would, I would take my shot at Aaron Donald because I know what to do with that a little bit more. You know, I have some answers uh, for, for a player that got like that, you know, things I can lean on. Uh, Derrick Henry, man, I, I just – I just don't get it, man. I mean, the, the, the guy is like a D lineman out there running the ball, man. I mean, guys are just, I, just, I couldn't imagine being a DB trying to run up and tackle him. You know, unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Calvin, would you rather tackle Derrick Henry or be tackled by Aaron Donald? I'd rather elude Aaron Donald. I, I could do that. You know, I'm not trying to tackle. <laughs> I, I don't want to be on, you know, on Derrick Henry's poster. I really don't. Like they did a couple guys last year. <laughs> Just awful. Yeah, a couple ugly ones. All right, toughest corner you ever played against, Calvin? Toughest corner I ever played against. Oh, that's tough. I have to get that one to Patrick. Yeah. Patrick Peterson. Yeah, I have to get that to Pat P. Just overall, like, in-your-face toughness, capability to stay with you wherever you're on the field. You know, as far as just toughness in your face, you know, that, 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 that uh, Al Harris back in Green Bay when I first started, you know, nobody after him until, you know, Pat P came along and would get in my face and really try to get in my head and just really just try to, you know, disrupt me on the whole game and had the, you know, the capacity and capability to do it the whole game. So Pat P's the only really one that really challenged like that the, just the entirety of the game. Did you play against Revis? I played against Reeves a couple times, but, you know, it's sometimes my first time playing against him, I mean, it's like coverage over top. It wasn't really jam. You know, he's like, he played a catch technique. He played a press to catch technique. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Rob, toughest guy to block in your career? Uh, by far, Justin Smith, uh, San Francisco. Um, you know, I played, I, I played against him twice a year in Seattle, and then when I got to Detroit, it was like I couldn't. Like, we kept playing San Francisco. It was awful. Uh, but I think, you know, out of the, I don't know, me, me probably played him six or seven times is probably, you know, Justin six, Rob one. So um, I've never been beaten that many times on the field ever. Um, so Justin. <laughs> Calvin, best wide receiver in the game today. Best wide receiver in the game today. <clears throat> ah, that's tough. That's very tough. It's hard, man. I don't, I don't know. You know, I can give you different attributes, maybe the best hands or something like that. But that's in the game today. DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre. Adams. Who's the second person you said? I said DeAndre Hopkins would be mine, but uh, I'm not. Devonte Adams, I would say, would be in the conversation. I'm not trying to give you an answer. No, no. D Hop, D Hop is definitely up there. He's definitely in my top. You know, I was, I see definitely got the best hands in the NFL right now. Um, the only thing is, it's just hard to judge because, like, I don't get to see the guys. You know, I don't get to see them play. And I just see the highlights, and that's all I get to see. Um, I, I really can't. I don't want to go out there on the limb and say this is the best guy when I don't even seen him play. Like, maybe he makes these great plays, but he don't block. You know, I can't – even though he's the highlight guy, I can't get say he's the best player because he doesn't play all the time. So – All right, so, Rob, who's the player you, you would pay to watch? The guy that you want to sit down on a Sunday and just say – I just want to watch this dude play and sit there and focus and see what he can do. I mean, I just say Patrick Mahomes, man, his, his creativity and what he brings to the yeah. table. I mean, it's just – it's crazy, man. He's like an A1 basketball player playing quarterback, man, and stuff he can do with the ball. 
um, his control, his leadership, and how young he is, man. I just think we're going to be watching something really special for the next few years. No doubt about that. I will watch him play anytime. Okay, so when I texted a buddy that I'm interviewing you, Calvin, he says, I only have one question. Would he come back and play for my Giants today? Because he'd still be their number one receiver. Are you still fielding, you know, calls from NFL teams? When was the last time someone called and said, come back? I have no idea. My agent feels all those calls, but he knows my answer. He, I told him ever since that left, I was like, I'm not coming back. I can't do it. Don't want to do it. <laughs> no interest. No interest in coming back. And I, I last last interest in somebody's show, I had no idea. I really can't tell you. Okay. I, I find it odd that you are going into the Hall of Fame as we started this conversation in August, but you're still not on the Lions ring of honor. I can't imagine a single player going into the Hall of Fame before his team's Hall of Fame. Where is that relationship today? Uh, we'll see. You know, like I said, earlier this year, I had some good conversations with, uh, with Ms. Hamp, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll just, hey, I'm focused on doing this right here, building up primitive, and uh, they want to make, make, make things work. And, hey, I'm, I'm open to listening. Certainly. Okay, so uh, there are a lot of professional athletes in this industry, NBA predominantly, as I mentioned. Either of you, is there another former athlete you would like us to interview next? We want to get kind of a tag system going so we involve all these former athletes. Do either of you have someone we should reach out to? You know, we, we, did, uh, we did Ricky Williams' podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I thought it was one of the most interesting podcasts I did. Obviously, Ricky has a, a great story to tell. Um, and I think his new Heisman brand is going to be, uh, be a good one, man. I think that's a cool name for his brand. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tag it over to Ricky. All right, Calvin, you got anyone for us? Um, you, said, you said the athlete is not, not football, just in the industry. Any former athlete in the industry. Oh, yeah, but it could be it could be a celebrity. It could be an, an actor who loves who is public about their embrace of it. Ricky Williams is a good. Besides like Viola guys and Al Harrington and those guys. That's a good one. I don't know if you talked to them. Yeah, Al Harrington is a good one. All right. Well, fellas, we really appreciate it. We wish you the best of luck. When do we think? Uh, we are opening there in Niles so we can come see it. Uh, I, I can't give you – every time I give somebody a, <laughs> a day, it gets pushed back. So just soon, soon, you, give me soon. You will hear about it. And, and after Niles, I think there's one other, right? Yeah, after that, we got some other, we got some other things coming down the pipe. I mean, we, we got a lot in store. We, got, we just getting started in Tip Iceberg right now. But no announcements on where no. that I, – I think I read Lansing. Yeah, Lansing's next. Yeah, that was next. Yeah. Okay. Niles and then Lansing. Can't wait to come see you there, fellas. Best of luck to you. Really appreciate the time today. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.